Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Yeah, it's definitely something that we we need to talk about. It's often kind of avoided in many circles because it's such a serious topic, but affects all of us in many different ways. And mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about addiction. And maybe you know somebody, maybe you know somebody who knows somebody that has an addiction, or maybe it's you, maybe a close family member. Uh, where can you get help? Why do people get addicted? We're going to get through all of that. And she helps a lot of people with addictions. She's a certified mental health coach, Christian life coach, and so much more. And she's Cheryl Hines, and she's back with us. Hi, Cheryl. How's everything going? Hey, Steve. It's going great. Yeah. Went from sunny, sunny 78 degrees in Florida back to northern Indiana, where it's um, 8 degrees, but the sun is shining. So, Welcome back home. I'm, yeah, <laughs> welcome back home. Yeah. Three weeks is long enough. You so, know, uh, funny you should say the sun is shining, and I, I get visuals all the time, and I just had a visual because I know people who are addicted or have addiction mm-hmm. issues, and I want the shine, uh, sun to shine for them, you know, to, to come yes. out of it and realize that you really didn't need that to cope. There are other ways to cope and things are okay without your addiction, but it's not easy. It's a long road there. Um, right. And so prevalent now, even, even in junior high and high schools, starting there with vaping, THC, nicotine. I mean, it's so easy to get, you know, kids are walking through hallways, take a hit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I have a friend of mine who works in a, um, in a school, um, it's for those students that can't make it in a regular school and because they're troubled. And so they go into a, a more of a Votech, um, type of a classroom setting and they have to do random drug tests on these students in order to make sure that they are clean. And, you know, so it's in, this is in, this is in high school we're talking about. It's, it, to me, it is so sad because I don't know about you, Steve, but when I was in high school, the bad kids were the ones that did the drugs. And it was so minimal. You just you didn't find out about it. Yeah. It, and But they were the bad kids. Now, even the good kids, quote unquote, good kids are struggling with an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and and some of it might have started out so innocent. They might have been in, invited to a, a a party and not realizing that this drug was going to be there. And before they knew it, they were hooked on something that that they didn't ever think about doing. So it's so 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 sad for me. And this is why I wanted to talk about this again because I know the last time we had talked about a lot of statistics about the drugs and, and about, you know, the, the addiction aspects of it. But I would like to talk about the heart of the addiction. Um, true story. Yesterday, I, I reached out to another coach um, through PCCI, the Professional Christian Coaching Institute, which is where I took my coaching classes for life coaching. And I reached out to to a, another coach, and um, she was telling me how she herself had um, a real struggle, and I'm allowed to share this story, just not her, not her name. Mm-hmm. How she herself had a real struggle with with um, food addiction, to the point where the doctor wanted her to be on on um, shots because of her being such a high diabetic. 
And she figured out why she had the addiction. She figured out what she needed to do. She, she herself got a coach. Um, so coaches, coach, coaches. And she got herself a coach mm. to process through. Um, she said to me, she said, Cheryl, I didn't need, she didn't need to have somebody else tell her how to count calories. She didn't need somebody else to tell her how to diet. She didn't need to have somebody else tell her, um, you know, she needs to go out and walk five miles a day. What she needed was to figure out what it was that was broken and why she was overeating. Um her story went, and I don't know her story. We talked for 45 minutes, but yesterday, and it was more about she was helping me with some stuff. Mm. But what she said to me was she didn't want to be seen in school, in elementary school. So she intentionally started over overeating. That was in elementary school. How many students in elementary school don't want to be noticed? When you say noticed, how do you mean? I'm not sure exactly what she meant, except I'm thinking that life probably at home was rough and so she she intentionally ate a lot or possibly i don't know i i don't know i can't i didn't i didn't have a chance to ask her some of those pieces but she said she didn't want to be noticed so she overate now as an adult she she is a diabetic the good news for her is she figured some of these pieces out She's lost a lot of weight and is down to one point away from no longer being called a diabetic. Wow. She went from 12, 12 points down to six points. Five points is considered no longer a diabetic, I guess. So because she did that next right thing and because she looked at herself and she said, no, I am not going to take insulin shots. No, I want to figure out why I'm doing this. So in her story, her story is she looked at herself. She found a coach. She found somebody that could walk with her and journey with her to figure out how to unpack the choices that she had always made. So, you know, it's it's for her, it was overeating. For other people, it's chemical addictions. For others, it might be stealing. You know, um, I mean, there's a thrill from what I understand. I've never done it. But from what I understand, there's a thrill in in stealing. Maybe the first time it was innocent, but I got I didn't get caught. Hmm, I'm going to try this again. Maybe it's shopping, you know, over medicating for shopping. I mean, I know myself personally. I have to be very careful that when I'm in a bad, bad place and i don't mean a bad place and overdoing things but but for me shopping fills something that is is pleasurable empty. well yeah yeah it, it's it, when you do it it's <laughs> i get you <laughs> you know, you know? You're, in, you're in a bad mood and it's like i i want to reward myself so there's a positivity that comes out of it but just like any addiction then it it ends and you got to do it again. I already got that delivery on to the next one, on to the next one. Same thing. If it's, you know, taking a hit of something or, or taking, you know, a pill or whatever it might be. Right. Right. So it's so, it's so much deeper. I mean, when, when we, when we talk about addiction, you know, for me right now, one of the things that I'm working, doing is I'm working very closely with several different women who have come from a one year program, um, of addict for addictions. Matter of fact, we actually have a lady, a young gal that's living with us currently. 
who has come from that place. So I'm walking very closely with her and helping her unpack some of these places. Okay. But, but it goes so much deeper than, than just that chemical addiction. It, it, it is an overwhelming sense of failure, an overwhelming sense of lack of identity, low self-esteem. Um, it is an overwhelming, most times, a place of brokenness. And we don't know how what that brokenness looks like. We don't know how to fill that brokenness. And so we fill it right. with something that destroys us. But gives us a moment of coping. You know, it could start yes. from everything you mentioned, which, you know, in, in my view of things, it's many times that is where the addiction begins, that, that something's wrong. Some, you have no self-esteem, you feel helpless. It just, life sucks. Why did, how did it get yeah. that way? Many different reasons for it, you know, could right. be broken relationships, could be stuff that came from your childhood that. Right. you know, is embedded in your subconscious and you haven't unpacked that and figured that out. And you just, you gravitated toward, like you said, somebody gave you something at a party or a friend and then it's like, wow, you know, I feel good. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it tomorrow night. Nah, I'm going to do it the night after that too. You know, and then it just, mm-hmm. and then the ball starts rolling down the hill, the snowball. Right. 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 And, and what happens when we have a, I have snow outside currently. So what happens when you make a snowball? It starts out just as maybe the size of a fist, but you start rolling it yeah, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where you make a snowman. Okay. But what is that snowman? And if, if you want to use a literal analogy, what is that snowman that has gotten so big in our lives that has grown to this massive thing of, my life is out of control now. My life is broken. I I have a a friend of mine who who had a shopping addiction and she had an amazing job. That shopping addiction took her to stealing from the company she was working for. Um, You know, she ended up not having to do time incarceration, but because, because she got favor, but she had lots of money to repay um, and she turned her life around. You know, she got involved in Celebrate Recovery. Um, she got involved in in figuring out why she was and why she made the choices she made. Mm-hmm. So the addiction is not just that small piece. It's this huge piece of, yeah, it makes, it makes me feel good. And then it snowballs. And pretty soon it's so big that we don't know how to what to do with it. The good news is, Steve, that when we recognize it, we can start chiseling away. The first thing is to get sobriety. You know, um, that's the first step. The The young lady that is living with us has 30 days of sobriety currently. Um, she, she, you know, but, but taking that first step. That first step sometimes is the hardest step because you're finally stepping out of the denial. You're stepping out of the fact that says, I can no longer do this on my own. I need help. I need to focus on me 
and I need help. I need to surround myself with people who get addiction, who get me, who who are safe and who are going to tell me the truth from a lie. That's where it starts. But that's just the beginning of it. Then the next piece is then is starting to unravel. It's it's I, I'm sure I've used this analogy before, but it's like an onion. An onion has multiple layers to it. Some of them are really, really fine, like a like a really skin, you know, fine. But then some of them are are thicker. So so like the onion, that fine layer is that first step, stepping out of that denial and saying I need help, and then it's starting unpeeling. And, and going deeper and deeper to some of the roots that are causing us to continue to stumble. Um, Rick Warren has, and, and so much of it is our thoughts. Rick Warren has this quote, and, and I know I've shared this before, but it's this. Thoughts determine the way we feel. The way we feel determines the way we act. So, when we say to ourselves, I will never conquer this addiction, you're right, you won't. You won't. You won't. No. But if you say to yourself, today is a new day. Today, I'm going to start with my thoughts. Today, for today, for two hours, I'm going to conquer my addiction. And then it's four hours, and then it's six hours, and then it's 30 days. My husband has 16 years of sobriety. 16 years. Is an incredible story of God's grace and God's favor. But it took Darren the willpower, the the idea, the initiative, the understanding that he can't do it on his own and he needed help. So it's that thought, that first thought that says, I need help. I can't do this on my own anymore. And then doing the work. See, sometimes as an addict, we expect everybody else to do the work for us, but I can't do the work for the young lady that's living in our home. She has to do the work herself. I can come alongside her. I can help her think differently. I can help her with ideas. I can help guide her. But she has to make the choice to stay sober. Well, she has to make the choice to take that next right step. She does. Just like so whoever the, enabled her to get whatever she's on. And that's for anybody. You're enabling her to get off of it, but you can't stop mm -hmm. her from doing it. And whoever sold it to her, supplied it to her, um, they just handed it to her. She got it, bought it, whatever it might be. But mm -hmm. there is support on both sides. But she made that decision herself to use. She needs to make that decision herself to not use and to get clean. Right. Right, right, right. How do you, I so, want to find out, Cheryl, like we're, we're talking about yeah. why, why people use different substances or have addictions, whatever that addiction may be. How do you get to the root of it? How do you find out? And we talk about peeling those layers back. Is there a method to that? Or is it just continually working with people and helping them realize what got them to that point? Yes, to both. Um, it's, it's continuously just unwrapping and unpeeling it's it's asking lots of questions asking lots of questions you know as a coach one of the things that i've learned is how to be intuitive in my listening and then at that point say say something to me 
And I say, well, what about that? Let's talk about that. And so that's unraveling a little bit more of that onion. And eventually we'll get to the root of, of the story. Okay. We'll get to that root. Um, you, you never can start by just immediately attacking that situation because that's not going to work. What that's going to do is that's going to just pull them back and they're, I don't want to, I, I, no, this is too hard. This is too hard. I, I can't do that. So because I am a Christian life coach, my, it, and the young lady I'm working with is a believer. That's my approach. Now, if I am working with somebody that is isn't that is not a Christian, my approach would be the same, but it would be different because I wouldn't, unless they would want me to be able to include in them the the things who God says they are, the I am's of who God says they are. Um, so you know, I have to be very careful in in who I'm who I'm working with. But the bottom line is, it still comes to the same 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 place, the same root. Um, that same analogy of cutting out um, that core and unraveling it and unpeeling it. Um, I think I answered the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, I'm, I don't know if you've ever been asked this question before, but I always wonder people who are addicted to something, do they have an addictive personality? And I ask that because I know someone who I believe is in that situation where they may use something today. Maybe it's alcohol. Whoop. We're on to something else another day, or if they're in a relationship and they're just, you know, they're addicted to that person. They can't get enough of that person. Mm -hmm. Is that typical for people to, that have addictions or that, you know, that that's kind of a one-off every once in a while with the addictive personality? I would say so. Now define an addictive personality to me, Steve. Okay. Um, kind of what I said, where it's you, mm -hmm. you're always on to something you, 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 and the person, I, this is a real person somebody I know in my circle who had a major addiction issue back in the past, heavy stuff, mm -hmm. um, cleaned up from that, but still is still is addicted to things. It could be alcohol one day, uh, a week later, it could be something else. Um, it could be in that person in a relationship where they, they're just mm -hmm. all over that person. You know, they're addicted. Like they, I need more of you. I need more of you. And to me, my view is I think, that person has an addictive personality. Mm -hmm. So is it, an, is it an addictive personality or is it the fact that this person in your circle hasn't dealt with the root of whatever it is that is broken? I totally agree with that. Yeah. And they, and they know, they know mm, those things that were out there. Uh -huh. Um, have they confronted it? Probably not. So I see where, right. what you're saying is they just keep gravitating to something else to deal with that situation. Right, right. See, as an as a, anybody who struggles with an addiction, it goes down to it goes back down to to that root of whatever that is. Okay. Um, so you describe this person in your circle. And they have gone from bounce from one thing to the next. And, and, you know, and, and, and so my take on that would be from what you've described. I don't know this individual, never met her, don't know their name, male, female, don't know any of that. But, but my take on that would be that somewhere 
in the past, there was something that has triggered the feeling that they need to have control over something Mm -hmm. or the feeling that life has been out of control. And so this is what they want. One thing that they think they can control when in reality, it's controlling them. them. Yeah. And it's funny, Cheryl, my mind was thinking of the word trigger and you said it. And this person does have multiple triggers. I've witnessed it. I've seen different situations Uh and they get triggered. Um, for different reasons, you know, it, and, and they may be connected loosely, but they're, they are very separate, uh, situations that trigger them. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, um, so I think that, that, you know, if we talk about what's called an addictive personality, it just goes right back to why they started in the first place. It does. Mm. It does. Unfortunately it does. Now, not everybody, like I said, that chooses or that is, is, an alcoholic. I mean, no, no, nobody decides that one day they wake up, they're going to be, they're going to be addicted to something. Nobody does that. And not necessarily everybody that let's use, let's use uh, pain pills. Okay. I mean, somebody might have been an attorney. I'm, I, I'm just using hypotheticals here, but let's say they were an attorney and, and they had a very successful career and they were, they had their own practice. They were they were very, very successful. They were in a car accident that had nothing, nothing on their part. Okay. They were in a car accident and they um had were introduced to to pain meds that were opiates. Okay. Now that those opiates, they started depending on those opiates. And those opiates started controlling their life. They lost their practice. They lost everything because they allowed the opiate to control their life. They then in turn became an addict because of an innocent thing that they were introduced to. Mm. But again, and so I don't know that there was a would have been a root in that. But what happens then is in their shame and their fear and then their guilt and all of these emotions that play part of the of the overwhelming fact that oh, I'm addicted to this and I'm afraid to go tell somebody because of what they're going to think. I'm afraid to go tell them because I have shame now because I've allowed this opiate to become my addiction. And so then they hide it. And then when they hide it, they take more because of fear, shame, and guilt. Well, you know, interesting what you just said. Look what's happening there, Cheryl. They have shame, lack of confidence. All those things could have brought them to that point of addiction. Now they're not telling anybody because they're afraid of feeling the same exact way from other people judging mm-hmm. them for what they're doing at that point. So it's it's it just compounds the the challenges, and they don't get the help that they they know they need. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. That snowball effect. That snowball exactly. analogy again. Of just, you know, it starts out innocent, possibly, yeah. mm. and it becomes this huge snowball and it just keeps on, it keeps on perpetuating forward. Um, it's, it, to me, like I said, it's so, we are in a world and here in the United States where, where it has, it has become so, so prevalent in our world. Um, you know, and and I believe that's why you see more and more crime on the rise. Why you see 
all of these things that are being affected because it goes down, comes down to the fact that people are struggling, an internal struggle, um, you know. When you see it go down to the high school level, and I'm open-minded about a lot of stuff. I don't do politics. I'm not going there. Not what I'm about. Don't want to deal. But yeah, when neither. it trickles down to kids in high school and they can easily, for 15 bucks, get a vape, and it's you know high percentage of THC, and it's ruining their academic life, we have a problem here. This is not- We do. And, and you know, then you take- you have a developing mind of somebody who is 12, 13, mm -hmm. 14, 15. Then you add to that, let's say they had some challenges anyway, and now they're on an antidepressant. And now they're hitting THC and nicotine and all of those. Look what's happening. We're starting. <coughs> this is our future adults. And now they're 21. And now what, are they, right. now what do we have here? We have somebody right. who's now onto some even heavy. It was bad enough back then. Fast forward six years, and now we have somebody who's heavily addicted to something, and that right. snowball has <laughs> it's a it's it's a it's it's a boulder by this point. Yeah, 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 and that is the reality of where we are. Yeah, that unfortunately is the reality of where we are. So, what what can we do? What you know? we, well, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to table this, and it's so funny because you sent me an email and you said we could talk about this a number of times. We're out of time. Like we're actually over time. I can't believe it. But that's, you know what? That's how important this is. There's a reason that it takes yeah. a long time to talk about it. Um, your website for anybody. And I know you do a lot of stuff virtually and you're, you're there to help as a, a certified mental health coach and a, a Christian life coach. Uh, how does somebody reach you, Cheryl? At insightlifecoaching.coachsolutions.cc. Yeah. Insightlifecoaching.coachsolutions.cc. Anybody that's dealing with addiction, even somebody in your family, and you just have questions. I know, Cheryl, you've, you've worked with people. You've experienced it in your life with those around you, and, uh, and you, you're there to help. And for that, you know, we thank you. And uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here. And uh, we'll pick this up next time, if that's okay. Absolutely. Excellent. Be thrilled to. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Steve. Are you struggling with certain areas of your life? Whether it's your job, family, or addiction issues, Cheryl Hines, the owner of Insight Life Coaching, has all your answers. You're not alone on this journey of life. God has created you for a purpose. Give Cheryl a call at 574-501-3361 or visit insightlifecoaching.coachsolutions.cc to book an appointment now. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie. This is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C. Take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D. Help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. 
Nice single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.